we can talk today uh, about the divine mercy and uh, the relationship of divine mercy with divine justice to see justice and mercy mercy and justice entwined and uh, uh, bound and uh, as one single mystery justice requires mercy and mercy requires justice uh, we can uh, we can start by already saying uh, as a, an introduction to our topic that while justice is the very presupposition for mercy to be effective so mercy at the same time is the very completion of justice a justice without mercy would easily become something uh, some injustice and uh, <clears throat> could easily uh, be something uh, only lawful but with no compassion while mercy without justice can easily be the very beginning of all errors because uh, a mercy without justice will be something uh, would be completely uh, incorrect and uh, not forgiven even uh, forgiving our sins right this is just to introduce to you the the topic and uh, <clears throat> I would I think that uh, to understand well this uh, beautiful topic divine mercy as the infinite love of Jesus for us as an expression and the completion of his justice we should make reference first of all to the sacrament of penance because the, in this um, in this holy sacrament instituted by our lord we see the interrelation between justice and mercy. We see the uh, this mutual relationship between justice and mercy, and the necessity that they remain always together. We know that Jesus has instituted the sacrament of penance sacrament of confession and we know that especially with his apparition on the same day of his resurrection to the apostles in the cenacle with the words receive the holy spirit who since you shall forgive they shall forgive they shall be forgiven who since you shall retain they shall they are retained with these words of our Lord, <clears throat> we have the institution of the sacrament of penance. In fact, the Council of Trent, in the De Penitentia, in the session dedicated to the sacrament of penance, chapter 1, says right this, that the Lord especially... Uh, instituted the sacrament of penance when he breathed on his disciples and said the words I just now repeated 
and uh, uh, in this way also the power to forgive sins to remit and retain sins was communicated to the apostles and also to their lawful successors and to the reconciling of the faithful who have fallen after baptism <clears throat> now in this is clear about the institution of the sacrament and uh, when we reflect on this mystery the mystery of confession and the way the confession is uh, is worked out the way we receive this sacrament <clears throat> that is by acknowledging our sins by uh, confessing them and by doing penance all these three moments tell us that uh, the sacrament of penance is the highest expression of God's infinite mercy which is always tempered so to speak by the mystery of his justice the, in, the, the forgiveness that we get in this sacrament is possible only if we acknowledge our sins if we repent of all our sins we humbly confess them and we accept to amend our lives by doing penance and in this way by doing penance accepting the sacramental penance first of all and also by accepting a spirit of penance to uh, make up for those sins we have committed we clearly show that while we are forgiven by a gratuitous gift of this divine mercy we have also to contribute to uh, uh, appease that justice that we have unfortunately broken so to speak with by committing that sin so uh, we confess our sins we ask for forgiveness we receive that forgiveness we uh, make up for those sins we have uh, committed all this clearly shows that uh, right in the sacrament of penance there is this uh, unity profound unity of justice and mercy justice because we have to repair uh, those uh, this injustice that we have committed by offending God by offending ourselves by offending our neighbors okay so we have to repair that injustice that we have committed but same time we cannot be able to do it without a, a divine aid a divine help of grace and we can do it uh, because we are made able to by god's grace by this divine mercy this forgiveness the sacrament of penance is then the a tribunal as it is always in the tradition of the church defined but a tribunal 
of mercy. Tribunal because the confession itself is a judgment on ourselves. It is a judgment. We have to confess our sins. We are judged by the priest, judged in the sense that uh, we are absolved. <clears throat> and we are absolved because we have asked for that forgiveness. And this absolution is cancelling our sins by the merits of Christ, by the blood of Christ, <clears throat> which is given to us as a price of salvation, price of forgiveness. But you see, right in this sacrament of penance, right in the making of the sacrament of penance, we see that justice is always united with mercy. It is not only justice, but it is justice and mercy together. Then the sacrament of penance is correctly a tribunal of love, a tribunal where we are judged, but we are forgiven. Judged in the sense that we are, uh, uh, there is a judgment now. <clears throat> pronounced on ourselves, but it is a judgment of forgiveness. Uh, to understand even more clear this uh, relationship between justice and mercy, we can also make reference to the mystery of the cross of our Lord and the mystery of redemption. The very uh, truth which is the foundation of the sacrament of penance, is the redemption. We can be forgiven because Jesus died for us. Jesus has redeemed us. In the sacrament of confession, there is the application of this divine mercy that Jesus got for us on Calvary. Right. So the very source of confession is the redemption is the sacrifice of Christ. But right in the sacrifice of Christ, in the mystery of Jesus' redemption, there is this intersection of justice and mercy. Why? First of all, when we look at Jesus crucified, we see in him the Lord who uh, humbled himself and was obeying, obedient to his Father, unto death, obedient unto the cross, for our sins. And this obedience was to repair our sins, to offer sacrifice for reconciling us with God. So that that injustice committed by our sins could be repaired, okay, by Christ. So the sacrifice was accomplished out of justice. But we also see that the sacrifice is not only due to uh, an injustice committed, and then it is not only out of justice that the sacrifice is accomplished. Justice is not enough to justify uh, 
the necessity of the sacrifice of Christ because uh, Christ could redeem us also differently from that death on the cross with another another mm, possible manner of redemption. It was not necessary for Christ to die on the cross to redeem us. Okay, so strictly speaking, there is a, a the a reason of justice for Christ to, to die for us, but that reason is not sufficient to explain the reason why Christ died for us. The very reason is that uh, beyond and uh, more than justice there is love. The reason why Christ died for us is his divine charity, to show us his infinite love for us. So while sins has been redeemed by Christ to repair that sin, so the passion is uh, due to is is uh, suffered by Christ to redeem our sin to repair that injustice. But the passion, the reason why Christ died, suffered, and died for us is more than justice; is His infinite love. So if we had only justice, we could not explain sufficiently, thoroughly, the, the, the mystery of Jesus' uh, redemption. If we had only mercy, we could not explain sufficiently, completely, the mystery of our redemption. Right in the, in the cross of Christ, then, there is this unity of justice and mercy and when we see the cross okay when we contemplate adore the cross of christ right in that cross two beings that come to be uh, uh, that cross actually yes to make one one sign one uh, one cross this 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 sign of our Lord uh, of his death expresses rightly this mystery this uh, this uh, <clears throat> unity of justice and mercy mercy together with justice what's the consequence now uh, for us if justice goes always together with mercy and mercy cannot uh, come uh, cannot be given to us uh, except through justice what's the consequence then for our life for our Christian life the consequence is that uh, uh, mercy the divine mercy that we receive, the divine forgiveness that we receive, is always uh, uh, a, a gift coming from the truth of Christ. A gift of truth. While uh, the gift of justice, the, the divine justice, is always given to us as a gift of mercy, gift of love.
So, the consequence from all these discourses that uh, uh, justice and mercy uh, uh, are always together. Therefore, mercy can never be pure love, as unfortunately mercy is understood in our days. Only love, only forgiveness, to the point of being that kindness of God covering up our sins without requesting us to change our lives and to become a new creation, to amend our lives. Or even without asking us to leave that, that sinful situation because mercy would be so great to the point of not asking us anymore to change our lives. If this is pure mercy, if mercy is completely detached from justice, from truth, so the consequence is something very much spread today in our church. And one of these effects is visible in Amoris Letizia. But the very root of the problem lies right here in the fact that mercy is taken without justice. It's completely detached from justice. As it were that uh, uh, as mercy were something uh, to be completely separated from justice. In this way, the concept of justice is misused. And this uh, misuse of the concept, unfortunately, again, can lead even to forgetting divine justice for the sake of divine love. We can come to the point, if we accept this kind of logic, to, we come to that uh, to oppose, basically, this mercy to justice. And in the name of mercy, to refuse justice. Now, it seems, according to a very common uh, way of thinking nowadays, that since God is love, <clears throat> and in God is love, isn't it? He cannot but forgive. Even when there is no contrition from man, even, as I said, without asking anymore to change our lives <clears throat> and to accept that penitential Christian spirit to <clears throat> avoid that situation to put an end to that sinful situation. But if we uh, delve a little bit deeper in this very muddy water, we go a little bit deeper, what we find here? We find that normally People who think like this, people who think that mercy should be uh, 
uh, is the most the, the major attribute of God, surpassing, so to speak, all other attributes, even justice. The problem is that these people mistake mercy for charity. This is the main point I would like to highlight here. Those people who detach completely mercy from justice are those people who mistake mercy for charity. They think uh, wrongly that, in fact, mercy is uh, the same, same thing with charity. But we have to know that these two uh, attributes, these two mysteries, mercy and charity, are not the same thing. They are not equal concepts or equal truths, but only analogical. What does it mean? Charity, the when I say charity, I mean divine love. Charity is a divine virtue, is a theological virtue. Charity is the highest virtue because charity is God himself. It has God as its own object and comes directly from him. While mercy is not God. Mercy is an attribute of God insofar as it is something caused. Uh, not in God himself but to, towards creatures. Is something uh, made for the creatures, for us. So mercy is different from charity because mercy is that love, is a love that is given to us, is a love that forgives us. <clears throat> it is what God can do for us, not what God is in himself. Be careful because this is the main, pro the main problem here. People say, especially those referring to St. Faustina Kowalska and to her diary of divine mercy, that since mercy is an attribute of God and the most important attribute of God, mercy is everything. Okay? Mercy surpasses everything. But the point is that there is, they make no distinction between mercy and charity. Mercy, again, is charity's love, but as given to us. Love that forgives us. So, God is not merciful towards himself. God has nothing to forgive in himself. Mercy is always that love given to us. It's an attribute, but less, so to speak, less important than charity. Because it is what God can do and does for us to forgive our sins. Okay? So, to be able to forgive uh, and to be able to, um, to give us His mercy, we should also uh, be, uh, be open to it. And uh, Make sure that God can, so to say, can give us his forgiveness, his mercy, when we open our hearts. 
if we, with our freedom, decide not to open our hearts to God's to God's forgiveness, to God's mercy, we don't receive that mercy. Mercy, in fact, is not something automatic. Or it is, uh, literally speaking, mercy in Latin misericordia, miser, misery, cor, dare. Three words, misery, dare, which means to give one's heart to the miserable. Okay, this is the, the, the etymology. To give your heart to someone in need, someone in need of your help. But you understand, this is something that you do towards a person in need. Okay, a person who is in a necessity of your help. And this is what God does towards us. He comes to us. He, he is ready to help us because we are in need of his mercy. He is giving us his merciful heart. <clears throat> but if this is the case, if mercy is an attribute of God, defining what God does towards us, it depends that mercy is something that is given and is given insofar as we are open to it. We are able to receive it. We are in a condition of truth and justice to receive it. It is not something blindly given, always given, something that is given... Uh, without any reference, any link with uh, truth and, and uh, justice, okay? So, uh, mercy therefore is always overabundant as long as we remain open to it and willing to beg for it willing also to ask for it and to receive it now let's let's make another very important conclusion going back to the point that uh, mess is not charity but uh, mess is less uh, less uh, important not I wouldn't say important but uh, less uh, valuable than charity because mercy depends on charity and not the other way around not charity on mercy okay we can receive mercy if we uh, in that condition to receive it. This is the point. Okay. So, to receive that divine mercy, we then should be in the state of grace, in the state of charity. We should have charity, divine charity. We should love God and our neighbor as our sense. If we don't have charity, we cannot even get mercy. 
Are you with me? But to receive that sanctifying mercy, what we need? We need to not to be in the state of sin, in the state of mortal sin. Yes? If we are in the state of sin and we ask, we, we pretend that God must give us his mercy, this is a contradiction. Because mercy can never be in a soul without charity, where there is no charity. And charity is all only there where there is sanctifying grace. No sin. So, uh, to be, we have to be in the set of grace to receive, to be able to love and to be able to, uh, to, to keep in us that, that mercy. But this means also that mercy is possible, is present in us, if there is, with the state of grace, faith and hope. So we remain in that mercy, basically. We remain in the state of, we remain in this love given as a healing love, as a forgiving love. Insofar as we remain, we believe in God, we hope for eternal life, and we have that charity to love God. And to be able to be loved by God. If we are not loved by God because we are in the state of sin, of course we don't get any, any mercy. <clears throat> this I think this is important to even once again to rectify that. Mercy is only possible, is given as something, as a forgiving love, when there is a good disposition, when there is the disposition of justice. You might easily object, but how can I be just if I'm in, in a state of sin? I need that forgiveness to be made just again, which is true. Of course, if we have lost that justice because we have committed a sin, we need God's mercy to be able to receive that justice back again. That's true. And we see in there, in, in this, uh, the, the, the fact that mercy is always overabundant. Okay? It's always more. It's a plus given to us. But even to receive that forgiveness, even to if we are in the state of injustice, in the state of sin, to receive that forgiveness, it means to be uh, to be open to it, to ask for it, to humble ourselves, to be able to receive that forgiveness. So in any case, this means that for mercy as forgiving love is never given to us uh, as something completely detached from justice. There is a justice from which love is given, love is possible, though it is also true that mercy 
is the way that justice is completed. Mercy is always the love of God that makes us just, makes us uh, righteous again. I hope this concept or these concepts are clear enough. And uh, just to come to a close, we need this infinite mercy, of course. Without mercy, we cannot survive, we cannot live at all. We need to be forgiven. We need that love that makes us just. So the point is, the love of God given to us, so the mercy makes us righteous, just. But this love can never be an injustice, can never leave us in the state of sin and give us that divine love. It would be a contradiction. So we can be loved, we can be forgiven if, and we are forgiven, when there is no longer that injustice, that, that sin. With St. Paul to the Corinthians, first letter to the Corinthians, that magnificent hymn of love, the hymn of charity, we should always say that charity never uh, rejoices in the injustice or because of the injustice, but uh, charity rejoices only in the truth. So there is never love with an injustice, but there is always love with truth. Therefore, uh, justice without mercy would be a, uh, a great... Uh, it would turn into an injustice, basically. <clears throat> while mercy without justice would be the very beginning of any dissolution. Justice without mercy is cruelty, St. Thomas Aquinas, while mercy without justice, the mother of all dissolution. Always Thomas Aquinas. Right, my dear brothers and sisters, this is what we should always remember, uh, just to, to conclude, uh, St. Faustina Kowalska in her diary clearly says, while emphasizing repeatedly the importance of mercy, that People go to hell, especially when they think that God is only merciful. And the people who are in hell are those people who normally denied the existence of hell, perhaps convincing themselves that God is good and he cannot but forgive. So it's interesting to see that uh, St. Faustina uh, had a lot to say about the existence of hell 
uh, as the manifestation of this unity between justice and mercy. All right.